Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome into episode three of Hook'em Hoops. Following Texas's 80-64 win over Rice at the Moody Center tonight, the Longhorns improved to 3-0 and on the year with some big games coming up this weekend. Big recruiting news, also some big news across the Big 12 Conference. Tommy, how are we feeling? Feeling good, Jason. This is, I think, safe to say our most loaded show so far this season, and rightfully so. A lot of stuff going on, on and off the floor for the Longhorns tonight. Trey Johnson, huge, huge pickup for Rodney Terry and company. That that we didn't think that would happen today, but couldn't have had any better timing with the show coming out. Uh, well, now you're seeing this on Thursday morning, but commits on Wednesday. I think it was this morning, right? Wednesday morning he committed uh, or yeah. signed. But um, nonetheless, doesn't matter when it was. A big pickup for Rodney Terry. So why don't we leave with that? Because even though Texas won today, that's really the big news of the day. Just going through some numbers with Trey Johnson, according to 24-7 Sports, he's the number five recruit in the country, the top recruit hailing from the state of Texas, even though he plays it for Link, Link Academy in Missouri. He's from the state of Texas. Number one shooting guard in the country, Texas's third highest rated recruit of all time, as you mentioned on last week's show, when we kind of foreshadowed the decision from Trey was coming kind of soon. Tommy, I want to really hear your thoughts on this. What does this mean for Rodney Terry, the Texas staff, the Texas program, and Trey Johnson? What can the fans expect out of him next year? Well, Jason, I don't want to say that we called this was going to happen at this time next week, but we kind of <laughs> did. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but uh, you mentioned the, the big takeaway for me is that Trey Johnson's the third highest rated commit in Texas history. When you're only behind Kevin Durant and Mo Bamba, you're in pretty good company. Uh, you know, he's, he's above Avery Bradley. He's a, ahead of Dylan Mitchell, uh, two very good basketball players. And Avery, John, Avery, oh my goodness, I completely botched that. Avery Bradley is a guy who's been in the NBA for a while and has been pretty reliable obviously two different playing styles there's no comparison there but uh, when you're rated higher than that guy coming out of high school that says a lot about your game and I think there's a lot to like about Trey Johnson's game you know when we talked about last week that the player comparison was Devin Booker I'm kind of on board with that uh, I think that this is a guy who is an extremely good shooter and you can tell that when Rodney Terry gets his shooting guards that's the number one thing he's looking for can you shoot the ball at a high clip because that's what he wants you see it now with Tyrese Hunter, IT Horton, Max Asmus this team wants to shoot the ball 
from three and knock it down from mid-range. And the good news is Trey Johnson loves that mid-range pull-up shot. Uh, it's, it's not pull-up, excuse me, catch and shoot. He's a great, he's great off the catch and shoot. I think the biggest point of development for him is going to be creating his own shots and being able to make those pull-up shots and make them so that they're not tough. I think the the one knock on him would be that he takes a lot of tough shots and that kind of drives his numbers down. Uh, when you look at some of his tape from the EYBL circuit that, you know, rushing yourself into tough shots or trying to rise up over two defenders, it's not going to translate to the college level. It might work in the on the circuit, but it's not going to translate to to collegiate basketball. So that would be my one thing on him. But, you know, I trust the Texas staff to develop him into a great player, and he's going to come in early and score a lot of points often for Texas. You know, again, this, this is the biggest win so far of the Rodney Terry recruiting era. The other thing for me is, this needs to stay a win for Texas because this can't be a Ron Holland situation 2.0. If they lose Ron Holland and Trey Johnson in back-to-back classes, I think you kind of start to raise your eyebrow a little bit. So Baylor was the other school that he chose for. His father played there. Uh, the good, the other good thing for Texas was that his father also happened to play under Rodney Terry while he was at Baylor. Uh, and the G League is going to be knocking. You know, he, he G League was not in the top two for Trey, but they they were they were not too high on the list when Ron Holland committed to Texas either at that point in time. They're not gonna back away. They've got a they've got a strong team over there with G League Ignite. So don't count anything out just yet. And I know it's it's celebration time and they Texas should be very happy. Texas fans should be very happy, but this is one of those recruitments that you have to see through to the finish he signed today it's official as of right now but you have to make sure that you finish it out and don't get into that rabbit hole again and you know that's a good segue into my next point because obviously trey johnson committing today the timing wasn't necessarily expected but what was really unexpected wasn't just the fact that he committed today he signed today that was posted on the texas twitter rodney terry was allowed to post about it he was allowed to talk about it after tonight's game which I was covering on behalf of Texas student television. And in the press conference, he said that he's just so excited. He, he was beaming with excitement about this commitment and spoke very highly of Trey Johnson, said that he's been recruiting in state in the state of Texas for over 10 years. And that Trey's on a very short list of the best players. And one of the best guards that he has ever seen mentioned his play against current NBA players like Kassan Wallace, another player that he would have played against off the top of my head would be Anthony Black. Those are two guards from the Dallas area who are in the NBA now. And so for Trey Johnson to be two years younger than both of them, to be able to hold his own, when Rodney Terry went and initially saw him a couple of years ago, this is a guy who Texas has been recruiting very hard for a couple of years now. And I can't emphasize enough your point about this being a big win and that Texas needs to keep this a win. But now the foundation that Texas has built, at least right now with the guys who they have signed on paper, Trey Johnson, Cam Scott, Nick Cody, Ter Rodney Terry talked about all three of those guys post-game. Tommy, the Longhorns are building a really nice foundation. They emphasized after this year that this is the third straight year where the rosters had to be retooled in the offseason. They don't necessarily want to have to do that. And looking at the roster this year, Ethel Horton will be gone. Max Acemus will be gone. Brock Cunningham will be gone. Dylan DeSue will be gone. Caden Shedrick could be gone. There's going to be a lot of turnover, and it's nice to see that Texas is finally – Dealing with that turnover by bringing in some younger players, some blue chip recruits, finally recruiting the way that Texas has been expected to recruit these past couple of seasons. But like you said, the most the most important thing here is that Trey Johnson stays a Longhorn for these next couple of months through the May signing period into the summer, makes it onto campus, and then the rest will be history from there. And how about this? 
Texas has the number four class in the country right now <laughs> with three commits. I mean, yeah. that's extremely impressive. Now, I I don't think they catch Duke. I think Duke has the best class in the country, and it's going to stay that way. They've got four five yeah. stars on yeah. board over there in in at Duke, but Texas can still make a push. They've got Missouri in front of them in third. They've got Kentucky in second. How about this? The average player rating in every class, you know, there's the there's the points that each team gets ranked by when it comes to rankings, but there's also 24-7 sports also does a metric for the average player rating by 24-7 sports on each roster. Texas is second in the country in that average only behind Duke. Duke's is 99.20, Texas 99.02. That says a lot about what kind of talent is coming to Austin, and Rodney Terry's probably not done. There might be some more nope. guys to jump in on the ship here pretty soon. So this is a potential class that could hop into the top three in the country when all everything is and, said and done. And, you know, that's the next point. The last point I want to make on this recent recruiting news before we kind of talk about the game tonight is that there's a lot of time left before these guys get on campus. There's a lot of time for Texas to still recruit. There are some guys who they made the top three, top fives of just looking at the 24 seven list, two names. And this is pure speculation, but two names that Texas will certainly love to flip. will certainly still be talking to, even though they're committed to other teams. Liam McNeely is a Dallas area kid who Texas has recruited very hard. They missed out on him to Indiana. Didn't actually make his final two, but that's a position of need for Texas next year at the three that they would love to address. And then Asa Newell, another one of the top 15 recruits in the country, recently committed to Georgia about a week and a half ago. Again, that's a player where if Georgia continues their slow start to the season, he could jump ship. And Texas was in his top three. So like I said, like you said, I completely agree. I don't think Rodney Terry's done. We've talked Twice already on the show, this will be the third out of three shows where we mentioned that RT is looking for a four-man class. And so I really do think that Texas isn't done, and it'll be really exciting to see what they continue to do recruiting-wise. Let's talk about the game a little bit, though. Texas, of course, did play tonight. They played against Rice, team that they struggled with last season. This is a Rice team who came into the Moody Center on the same night where Chris Beard um, was suspended from the program because of the off-court incident around this time last year. And this was the Rice team who returned seven of the top eight eight players that took Texas to overtime at the Moody Center last year. Tommy, tonight it was a lot different. Texas looked confident. They looked poised. They made shots early. They made shots often, 80 to 64. What are some of your takeaways from tonight's win? Well, you know, uh, how, how do I say it? You know, night and day difference between this game last year and the game this year. Uh, you know, this year everybody's a little calmer. Not as much, uh, not as many media folks probably lining up the sidelines as there were last year, and rightfully so. There were not. <laughs> and that's totally acceptable. I mean, no controversy, and hopefully it stays that way for a very long time. But um, as far as the game goes, you know, my biggest takeaway is, man, this team needs to figure out something with turnovers. I know Rodney Terry is not happy about it. He mentioned coming into the game that he wanted 10 or less tonight. Well, they got 16, eight in each half. Uh, and that just can't happen. You know, part of it is, yes, this is a new team that's still learning to play together, but Texas is way too talented and way too experienced to be turning the ball over 16 times. I mean, that's just the bottom line of it. You know, they have such a big week coming up and it just can't happen against teams like Louisville. Now, granted, Louisville's struggling, but 
It can't happen against a Yukon or an Indiana because that's going to get you beat. So this is something that I think needs to be a point of emphasis, and I'm sure it already is, but needs to be an even bigger point of emphasis for the Texas staff at practice because it just can't happen. It's going to lose you games down the line. Uh, that was my first thing. Uh, number two, Ronnie Terry is a big defensive guy. He wants the Longhorn. He wants their identity to be on the defensive side of the floor. He wants them to be known as a tough-nosed team that's going to guard you up and down the floor and make it really difficult for you to score. But, man, this team has some offensive firepower. Shooting 60% from the field tonight, 45% from three, that's going to end up winning them a lot of ball games. And granted, their defense is similarly to those turnovers. Not really cohesive just yet. And you again can expect that with a new crew. But one thing that, you know, cohesion or not, they're going to score points because they got scores. Uh, you know, we look at Tyrese Hunter. He's continuing to play really well. I think he's on his best stretch that he's had at Texas so far. And granted, you have to consider the competition. But nonetheless, 18 points on six and eight shooting. He knocks down three threes, adds four assists, two boards. Max Asmus seems to get be getting more comfortable. I talked a little bit about yeah. in, last ep- in the last episode how – he seemed to be struggling to find a shot and it, it was just going to take some time. Well, it gets a little bit closer to that today. He puts in three threes on six attempts. Caden Shedrick continuing to get ramped up, makes his first start tonight as a Longhorn and plays 21 minutes. Very efficient. Once again, similarly to the last time we spoke 15 and four in 21 minutes for Shedrick. Ronnie Terry's going to take that any night. From Shedrick. It's going to, anytime, you know, those numbers will be great and they're going to help Texas win. So if he keeps that style of play up, it's it's going to be very beneficial for the Longhorns. I think he kind of, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, Rodney Terry said that they were kind of waiting for him to be a little bit more aggressive on defense. I think he was much more aggressive tonight getting up there. I don't think he had a block, but he certainly contested some shots and forced the Owls into some misses. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. 
Yeah, Aces was plus 17 on the night. And, I mean, the shooting kind of speaks for itself. But anytime Texas can keep him on the floor, they don't have to take him out late in the game for some defensive mismatches. I mean, that's a huge, huge plus. And I do agree, he looks a whole lot more comfortable. They're getting him some of those rhythm looks. A lot of what we saw him do at Oral Roberts, where he kind of steps into the three, gets some good baseline off the dribble. Just looked way, way, way more comfortable. Speaking of looking comfortable, you mentioned Caden Shedrick. Hayden Shedrick looks healthy, and he looks good. Taking great shots. He hit his second career three-pointer in college. We've mentioned before on this show, and he mentioned on the field of 68 when he committed to Texas this past spring that there are things that he put on his high school tape that he was not allowed to do. He said he wasn't allowed, but he wasn't able to do at Virginia. Um, one of those was definitely shooting threes, and he looks very comfortable taking some of these rhythm shots, creating his own shot too. Obviously, he's not going to create off the dribble, but when they get him the ball in the low post, he's a mismatch against these smaller teams. Max F Max Fiedler is about his size. This is a guy who flirted with the triple-double against Texas last year, and Caden Shedrick shut him down on both ends of the court. So to have a healthy Shedrick who's running both ends of the floor, impacting both ends, Shedrick was plus 11 tonight in just 21 minutes. Played 10 minutes each of the first two games, 20 minutes tonight. He looks about ramped up for the Empire Classic. Another note that I have, and I feel like this is just so worth mentioning, for the second half of the game, I was sitting on the court shooting the game, and I was right by the Texas bench. This is a loud and active bench. The leadership that some of these players are showing, it's a big difference from last year. Barack Cunningham has always been a vocal leader, so he doesn't really need much mentioning. But Dylan DeSue being sidelined with an injury is still making an impact on this Texas team, clapping throughout the game, yelling louder than anyone on the bench, constantly giving pointers to Caden Shedrick to play more physical, to dunk the ball. Zarek Onyema giving him pointers on both ends of the court. To see the impact that Dylan DeSue is making really shows the buy-in that this year's Texas team has. And Tommy, I'm so excited for him to get back on the court because we're getting a little bit of a taste of the floor spacing that Texas has when Dylan Mitchell took two threes tonight. He didn't make either of them, but he's starting to take those shots that he's comfortable with. Caden Shedrick, I just mentioned that he shot threes. Dylan DeSue is a guy who can shoot from anywhere on the floor. So when he comes back, that, that floor spacing is going to only get better. What are some of the things that you think Texas can build on going into the Empire Classic from tonight's game? Well, I'll, I'll, I was going to, that you lobbed it up perfectly for the last thing that I was going to talk about. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Zarek Onyema's a dog, man. I absolutely <laughs> love this kid. He he just embodies what I like about you know those those undersized post players who just are so feisty and so physical and they get the job done. Like every team should want a Zarek Onyema on their squad. Ronnie Terry has talked a lot about how he is really hard on Onyema. And I think that's because he realizes how good he can be. And if this is how good Zarek Onyema is as a raw product, just imagine how good he's going to be 15 games from now, how good he's going to be when Texas gets into big 12 conference play, he's going to be the energizer bunny coming off the bench for the Longhorns. We talked about how he kind of has that Christian Bishop esque role lookalike this year. And mm -hmm. that's going to be massive 
for Texas because he he just he just gets it. He just gets it, and he's a he's a ball hawk. He's always in the right position under the glass, and he's always going to give you a fight down low. And that's what you want from someone off the bench, especially if you you need a guy like Kane Shedrick or Dessou to get a breather. You know, he's going to be a reliable guy for Texas to come down there, play good defense, get you a rebound, and get you a bucket, too, if you need it. Uh, continues to get better and better every week, I think, really. Uh, and I think that's part of Ronnie Terry being tough on him. You're not tough on a guy unless you think he's good, right? As a coach, you know, if you're tough on a guy, it's because you want him to be better. You want him to be better, and you want him to do better for you. And that's what Zarek Onyema is doing. Also... Love the technical on him. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> if you're watching this, good job. That's a good technical. I would have done the same thing. That was a fantastic block, and I would have talked trash. I'm a big trash talk guy. I would have said the same thing. So I'll take that any day. Maybe Rodney Terry's not as happy about it as I would have been, but that's the type of energy that I want on the floor if I'm a coach. And I think that it, it's going to radiate from Onyema when he comes onto the floor. Uh, but as far as, you know, the Empire Classic, you know, the, I think this all comes back to turnovers, right? This needs to be a disciplined Texas team if they want to beat a UConn or an Indiana and even, even Louisville. You know, we, we I know Louisville struggled, but they've still got plenty of talent on the roster. And, you know, that's a team that if they connect everything, they can come and get you. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say that game is a gimme. Uh, I think that, you know, Louisville, they they, they might put up a bit of a fight, but – Nonetheless, you know, that UConn, Indiana, whoever they play in that game is going to be very telling. And I'm going to be watching for how does this team control the ball on offense? Because you think about what would have happened if they didn't have 16 turnovers tonight, they could have won by 35. So it's those wasted possessions that if those rack up, they're going to cost you a lot. So I was going to go around the Big 12, but we'll do that at the end of the show. I think that now is a good time to just preview the upcoming Empire Classic. You mentioned the game against Louisville. I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't think this one's going to be close at all. I think That's fair. That Texas That's fair. is going to run them out of the gym. I mean, to think about Louisville losing to a D2, it's beating around the bush at this point. I know. They lost to a D2 team in an exhibition at the KFC Young Center, and now they're going to Madison Square Garden to play against a Texas team that they're smaller than and less talented than. I think that this is going to be an awesome opportunity for this Texas team. I truly think that we're going to see the guards get involved a lot. Tyrese Hunter led all Texas players with 35 minutes tonight. And that that's he, – he went down with a foot injury for, and sat on the bench a little bit. He would have played just about the entire game otherwise. I think we're going to see the same thing against Louisville. You do mention that they have talent. They do. Dennis Evans is a five-star center who we're going to see a lot of on Friday. I'm excited to see the matchup with him and Dylan – or him and Caden Shedrick. I don't think we'll see the Sioux this weekend. Um, but to see Texas, they had struggled against these big bigs in the past. And tonight against Max Fiedler was a great example. This was a six-foot-11 forward who played very well against them last year and tonight just didn't have it. I think Caden Shedrick's going to be able to neutralize – um, Dennis Evans, Brandon Huntley Hatfield is another one of the bigs on this Louisville team. And then they have Sky Clark at point guard. So maybe a mismatch for Max Aces. I don't know. I haven't watched Sky Clark, Sky Clark play at Louisville. I saw him play in his early days at Illinois, a little bit in high school. Interested to see what he brings to that game. But, you know, I it'll be nice to see Texas against high major competition. I, I know that Jeff Goodman won't consider Louisville to be high major competition, which, by the way, that tweet two days ago, best mid-major games, Louisville versus Chattanooga. Oh, I mean, come hilarious. on. Come on. I 
<laughs> I love it. But uh, I, I'm just going to say Texas is going to win that game on Friday. If they don't, it'll be some real soul searching. Maybe it'll be a wake-up call. I don't know. I, I'm not even going to go as far to speculate on the what-if if they lose a game. I don't think it's in the realm of possibility. Um, you hope that they come out of the game fully healthy. You hope that some of the younger guys, Chris Johnson got some good run tonight, played 10 minutes. Um, Kendall Weaver didn't play as much as I thought that he would tonight, only played nine minutes. Hopefully we'll see more of him on Friday. And then, you know, you mentioned Zarek Onyema. This could be another big Zarek Onyema game. And so I'm excited to see what Texas does against Louisville. I think it's a big opportunity to gain momentum. You know, it's a trip. Rodney Terry mentioned tonight that the team's going to see the Michael Jackson play on Broadway when they get to New York City. I think that's great. Nice team bonding experience. Road trip. Last year they went to New York City and they lost to Illinois. And it was a wake-up call for the team. We really didn't see that kind of sloppy performance the rest of the year, even though their head coach literally got fired a week later. So I think that this is just a big opportunity. You're playing where the lights are the brightest. It's against a not-so-good team. Yes, it's an opportunity for Texas to maybe slip up and overlook the opponent. But I really think that at least on Friday they're going to look good. Do you have any last thoughts on that Friday game? Yeah, really the, the Friday game and the game afterwards is that we're going to learn a lot about this Texas team here next week. Sunday we're game, Sunday learn... game, I believe. I was going to say, yeah, I don't know about Friday. I think it's Sunday, Monday, Sunday. Right? Sunday, Sunday. Monday. He said Friday is when they're going to see the Michael Jackson play. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah. That, that sounds like a good time too. Um, but the biggest thing for me is, you know, I look at this game as, okay, this is where I think you set the bar, right? This is where we learn – what Texas is capable of doing this season in these mm -hmm. two games right here, at least early on, obviously any, everything can change. And, you know, adding in Dylan to to the mix is going to change things as well, but preliminarily, at least we're going to learn what the ceiling is for this Texas team. I mean, if they come out and beat, beat Louisville, which I agree with you, I think they'll do. Uh, maybe I'm just too nice, and that's why I, I gave the Cardinals a bit of a benefit of it. You don't want to get exposed um, if Texas ends up losing. I get it. I, I, I cover fine. my tracks. I cover if my Texas tracks. If Texas loses to Louisville, people will, will have it a lot worse than I do. So I'm fine bearing that cross. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, so if Texas beats Louisville handily and they come in and they beat a UConn or an Indiana, I mean, and without Dylan to sue, there could be some conversations that need to be had after that um, about how good this Texas team seriously could be. And, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to beat UConn or Indiana because I think those games would be very close, very tough and very down to the wire. But if they do, you know, we could have some realistic conversations about Texas being a deep team in the tournament. I know it's very early. And again, everything is going to change. But if they do that without Dylan Nassou, imagine what they can do with him. I think that's going to be an absolutely valuable addition. And Texas is only going to get much better when Nassou comes back on the floor, who he seems like he's progressing very nicely. And Jason, I think there's a chance he comes back before conference play. And that would be really big. For Texas so again Ronnie Terry has no timetable on his return but they, it could happen before conference play and that would be perfect for Texas that's the best case scenario but obviously you also want to play the long game and make sure you don't re-aggravate anything um, but to finish it off yeah this is their proving ground this is where we learn what this Texas team is made of and what we can expect going forward yeah, you know, this is why you play in those early season kind of marquee type of matchups. I'm I got my fingers crossed hoping that they'll play UConn on Monday. Just Me too. I, I really not. I I really hope they play. I, I really hope it's UConn. I think that's going to be a much better testing ground for Texas. Yeah, and no offense to Indiana, I think they're very good. 
it's a talented UConn team, but you know, that's it's a good matchup for Texas because they don't have the double-headed monster at bigs that they had last year with Klingon and um, Sonogo. It's just Klingon this year. And so normally I would be worried about the lack of size, but Texas looks good in that regard. I think that it's going to be a dogfight, and I think that if Texas can control that game, hit some late shots, Texas does have more veteran leadership than this UConn team. It's a UConn team that lost a lot. Well, yeah. I, I, I will go that far to say it, actually. So, I, uh, you know, I'm excited for the prospect of that matchup. It would be a great coaching matchup between Rodney Terry and Danny Hurley. And, uh, you know, we'll see how things play out on Sunday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Going around the league a little bit, the Big 12, you know, Texas won by, what was it, 16 tonight. And as nice as that was for Texas, it certainly wasn't out of the ordinary for the rest of the conference. Par for the course. Uh, last night, let's just go through some of the numbers here. We had five Big 12 teams were in action. Four of the five won by double digits, and the only one that didn't win by double digits was Kansas pulling off a comeback against Kentucky. So that's a big one that we're going to want to talk about. But let's kind of go around the Big 12 a little bit and talk about what we're liking. I'll start. Baylor looks great. And this is a Baylor team that I wasn't fully bought in on. Last week they played Auburn. They looked awesome. Tommy, they just come up with different guys every year. Scott Drew is one of those where we didn't know if he'd be able to retool and adjust to the portal He's got this thing on lock. I mean, Jacoby Walter was a Texas target, was honestly in Texas's lap. That was a kid who I really thought Texas should have been able to get the commitment from. Goes to Baylor and just goes off in their first game. This is a Baylor team. They're already 4-0, so they're really looking good early this season. Beat the absolute hell out of Kansas City last night. Jaden Nunn, a transfer from VCU, where he averaged eight points last year. How about 25 points on eight of nine shooting last night? I mean, they just find guys. And the thing with Baylor, they get guards open shots. That's why Adam Flagler looked so good in that offense. LJ Cryer looked so good in that offense. So there are new names for this year's Baylor team. But I really like the way it's constructed. Ray J. Dennis, Eve Missy is another Texas target who went to Baylor and is now playing big minutes as a freshman who reclassified. I mean, Scott Drew just does it again through the portal, through recruitment, through some of the guys who 
return. Jalen Bridges, Langston Love look a lot better than they looked last year. No surprise there. And I know that you have a lot of thoughts on Kansas, so I'll keep my thoughts on them a little bit brief. But Hunter Dickinson looked every bit the part of the National Player of the Year candidate that we thought that he would be. Dewan Harris looked like a top two, maybe not even not, maybe not even top two. He looked like really looked like the best point guard in the country. I'm not ready to crown him as that. But he was on that short list before the season, and he sure looked the part last night. Kansas looks good. No surprise there. They're the preseason number one. But, Tommy, what do you think about these Big 12 teams early in the season? And what do you think it's going to take for Texas to beat a team like Kansas down the stretch? Because they've done it the past two years. Well, let me start off by saying I love Baylor's team. I love this roster. I think Scott Drew is one of the best coaches in the country. And I'm a huge Jacoby Walter guy. I think this dude, and I don't know if this is a hot take necessarily, I think he's got Big 12 freshman of the year on lock. I don't see anybody beating him for that. Um, you know, he come out, he comes out against Auburn and shows the country what he's capable of doing, right? This is a big-time shot maker who is not scared of the moment. He will lock you down on defense, and he can knock down any shot on the floor. He puts up 23 against Kansas City. I, I love his game. I saw him at the McDonald's All-American games, and I thought he was one of the top five players there amongst the best crop of players in the country. So give me a lot of Jacoby Walter. I think he's the best the best freshman in the Big 12. Uh, and I think that, honestly, I don't think that conversation is going to be close at the end of the season. So I agree maybe, with that's you on that. a, maybe that's a hot take. I guess not. But uh, Baylor fans, please uh, protect me from the other Big 12 teams throwing torches. <laughs> Um, Kansas, Kentucky last night. What an absolute treat that was. What a treat to the whole night of basketball and Duke and Michigan state too. Um, fantastic night of college basketball. It was the first big team, big test uh, for, for Kansas. And I guess for Kentucky too, but I think, and I'll touch on Kentucky a little bit more later. I think they're criminally underrated. I can't believe they're number 17. Um, but we'll touch on that a little bit later. I know you're chuckling because you're waiting for it because we talked about this earlier. Um, Kansas, to me, looked like what we thought they would be. Composed, calm. They 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 were down early, and they just never wavered. And that's what you expect from a veteran crew. This, this, this team of veterans is really going to – pay off dividends for them down the line. It's easy to see why they're a national championship contender and why they're one of the favorites. Hunter Dickinson is what we thought he would be. How about 27 and 21, man? That is just unbelievable against a Kentucky team that is lacking a lot of size. And that's going to be their biggest thing going forward is they need their size. And again, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Dewan Harris, like you mentioned, looked every bit of the all big 12 preseason team member, um, you know, he shoots the ball at a high clip. He's really going to do so all year. I really like El Marco Jackson, you know, the freshman guard for him. You know, I think this is, he, he struggled a little bit last night, but he's going to be the catalyst for this Kansas team. If he goes and everybody else is going, they're going to make some of the best teams in the country look silly. And that's just how, how good of a coach Bill Self is. And that's how good of a roster they have, you know, with guys like Terrence McCullers and, um, you know, Dickinson and Harris, if those guys go off and you add El Marco Jackson into the mix, it's going to get ugly. Uh, so Kansas looking every beat of, of what they, of what they thought they would be. Now back to Kentucky. I, I just have to, I know it's not big 12, but I just have to say it right now. I think Kentucky's my super, super early national championship pick. And, you know, I know you might raise your eyebrows and be like, what, how you're an idiot. I very well, I very well may be, but I think this is, an extremely good team from top to bottom. I was extremely impressed 
with how well they played last night against the Kansas team that I think is the obvious number one team in the country right now. You look at their rotation and you see so many freshmen. You got four McDonald's All-Americans on that roster. You got Justin Edwards, Aaron Bradshaw, DJ Wagner, and Jason, one of your favorite guys, Reed Shepard. Um, <laughs> Justin Edwards really struggled. DJ Wagner really struggled against Kansas. And they lost by five. Yeah. Keep that in your mind. They lost by yeah. five. Those dudes combined for less than 10 points. And they're some of the best players on that team. I mean, just imagine what they'll do when they're playing well. That's how I view it. And <sighs> no Aaron Bradshaw. Aaron Bradshaw yeah. hasn't played for him yet. There's no, and no big Z. No big Z. No Zavonimir Vista. No, He's going to no, be their number. No. He's going to be their biggest big. And, they, you know, they're missing their top two bigs. When they get those dudes back, John Calipari's got a hell of a team in Lexington. And I think they win the national championship at this point in time. So I'm going to clip this. And if we get to March and I'm wrong, I'm deleting it. But if we get to March and they win, I'm walking around with a big crown on my on my head. And we're marching around the streets of wherever the national championship is this year. I don't know off the top of my head. It's in uh, Arizona. Arizona. Okay, Arizona, um, we're coming. My, my quickest side here on Kentucky before we, we wrap things up is Antonio Reeves, 3 of 17 from 3. I mean, that, need, that needs to change. That – I, let's but see more Rob Dillingham. It, it seems like everything went wrong, and they lost by five. Yeah, we we talk yeah, about you know like, the the term is like a like a padlock stat. You think you'll see it, and and that that's you look at the stats without the context, and that's how the game's going to go. And it, like if you were to see three of seventeen from three for Reeves, and oh six from the field for Edwards, and um, one of twelve from the field from Wagner, I mean you would have thought that would be you would have thought game the right there. Yeah, beat them by a million. I mean, this is a game that Kentucky led by seven at halftime. I, I just want to remind, like, this is Kansas at full strength, too. Like, they're Absolutely. not going to get – like, they're going to get better. They're going to play better as a team. But they're not going to add anymore. And, uh, you know, it's going to be Hunter Dickinson or Bust. It looks like K.J. Adams had a great game, too, and Dwan Harris had a great all-around game. But Hunter Dickinson is, is going to be the big problem in the conference this year. And it'll be TBD how Texas is able to handle him. It'll be easier in the two, the two bigs are back fully healthy. Um, but man, that Kansas matchup, that has been what has defined the past two seasons for Texas, three and four against Kansas in the regular season and then beating them in the Big 12 championship game last year. Texas is able to do that again against what looks to be the strongest of the three Kansas rosters. Of course, they won the national championship two years ago, but this is the first of those Kansas teams in preseason number one. I think the Texas is going to be in great shape if they can figure out this Texas or this Kansas team. But um, very far from that. Still a whole lot of premier non-conference games to be played for both groups. We got until February you know, for that, dude. We got yeah, a while. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. It's uh, it's going to be a good time, though. I'm looking forward to it. Tommy, any last thoughts before we get everyone out of here? You know, I, I like I said, I'm really looking forward to this to this Empire Classic. Um, it, this is I I I'm, I I feel like I'm a good employee. I I watch these games very closely, but. I'm going to be watching these games twice as closely just yeah. because every single yep. detail is going to be so important for Texas in these games. And like I've said earlier in the show, we're going to learn a lot about what this team is made of. We're going to learn a lot about how Rodney Terry is as a head coach. I think that's going to be one of my biggest takeaways. How does this mm -hmm. team look coach wise? You know, is Rodney, the question was coming into the season, was Rodney Terry the guy? Should Texas have gone for a bigger fish? I'm of the I'm of the belief that Ronnie Terry was a great hire and he just needs to show it now. So yeah. that's what I'm going to be looking for uh, this weekend.
Lights are the brightest in New York City, man. The, the eyes will be on Texas. Yeah, basketball is back. I cannot wait for this Thanksgiving week of awesome games. Texas's non-conference schedule is finally ramping up. We talked all night about the Louisville game on Sunday. Don't want to say Friday again. Louisville game on Sunday. Possible UConn or Indiana matchup on Monday. And then the big matchup in Milwaukee against Marquette, fresh off that win on the road against Illinois. That's going to be the mark key game of the non-conference slate especially with marquette looking as good as they are looking so anyway thank you guys as always for joining us tommy thank you for being with me for this episode it's always a pleasure talking texas hoops especially as the season ramps up non-conference slate is starting to get stronger recruiting is starting to get hotter it's a great time to be tapped in with this texas basketball program we are so glad as always to have y'all with us thank you for tuning in we'll talk to you guys again soon